hey, let's do a quick cold open before I play the music. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. Delando, guess what underwear I'm wearing? What underwear are you wearing? You know. I, are you wearing the underwear that I got you at the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo? I sure am. <laughs> Courtesy of DC Comics? I'm wearing the red trunks. That's great. Hashtag the trunks are back. That's all he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally auditory medium. You can't tell. Listen, season four, we're leaving it all out there. That's so great. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we'll be talking about C2E2 in this episode, but I ran into you on the sunday of the show sunday, yeah. right before i moderated the panel that i did on comics retailers i saw you outside the panel room and uh he gave me a big hug and you asked if i had gotten the red trunks that dc was giving out earlier in the show i told you i hadn't and you were like wait here don't move and you disappeared like disappeared <laughs> into the darkness and then a couple minutes later you emerged holding up these red trunks and they're fantastic. They're very comfortable. They're very nice, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you you neglected to mention that it was also your birthday. It was, and yes. like, I didn't get to do anything, obviously, because I was just going crazy at the show. And I was like, I know I have a pair of these, and I know that he will love them. I'm glad that they fit you, because they do not fit me. So you got me the extra large. Yeah. I think if you had gotten me any smaller, they, like they're they're very <laughs> it's a little snug. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a very uh, small cut there. But uh, have you worn yours? <laughs> I, I attempted to, sure. All right, you try. Hmm. I know there are probably people listening to this, collectors, who are highly offended hmm. that I would wear them. But that's, you know, that's what, what you got to do. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Con season continues with a look back at last month's C2E2 in Chicago. I am joined by two of my favorite My Comic Shop History guests. To my left, we have C2E2 vendor and Undiscovered Realm owner, Chris Wilcock. Hey. And across from me, we have one of the guys who works for Read Pop, the company that puts on C2E2, New York Comic Con, and a bunch of other shows, Read Pop content coordinator, Chris Delando. Hey, what's up, everybody? Is it weird for you guys to be back here recording and not talking about Power Rangers? Because we did a lot of Power Rangers last season. It's a lot, a lot of Power Rangers talk. Yeah, yeah, no. I was looking at the Power Ranger pops as you said that, which was really weird, but Spe- so it's still there. Speaking of pops. There's new ones. Chris, I got to thank you for making a special home delivery here. <laughs> no problem. We deliver. <laughs> you brought me, this is big. I mean, we've talked about mm. it on the show in the past, and I've mentioned my love of this show many times, but you brought me the recently released Smallville pops. It's true. This H- is Hot big. off the truck. I'm going to do a quick nerd rant. <laughs> they came out very well. Mostly, I'm, I'm just happy that they exist. I'm a little disappointed with the Clark Pops. There are two. What bothers me about them is that they picked uh, one representation of Clark from the pilot of the show and another one from the series finale. So there's the, the version of him uh, shirtless with the S painted on him when he was hung up as the scarecrow in the pilot. And then there's the, uh, the shirt rip from the series finale, the last shot of the show. Those were the two versions of Clark that they went with for these pops. To me, it would have made more sense to go with the blue shirt, red jacket. Red jacket. Because that's the way he looked for the other, you know, 218 episodes. I feel like that would have been more representative of the show. That last one is just a... Superman. That like, could have been, been any Superman. Yeah, know? but that you know they want that overlap, I guess. You know, 
for that people that don't watch the show that just want a Superman. Like I got to tell you, like Superman doesn't sell that well, but compared to like other superheroes, it's always but, been the um, case. But like the Clark Kent where he's opening his shirt, everybody wants that one. Like it, it's funny. So I guess you know they notice that or something. All right, but. I guess they know what they're doing. No, uh, no Chloe sex cult variant. <laughs> Not yet. That's in. Uh, that's soon? a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that too soon? Metallic. So with a branding iron. We were talking about this before we sat down to record. It, it kind of ties in with with the sure, convention sure, scene sure, sure. to an extent. For anyone who's not familiar, uh, Allison Mack, actress, she played Chloe Sullivan on Smallville for ten years. She was recently arrested for her role in, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but a sex cult. And not only was she a member in this, but she was she apparently rose through the ranks to become the number two. She was second in command of the sex cult that enslaved these women, <laughs> turned them into sex slaves, branded them. If anyone's listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, just search Alice and Mac. It's shocking. It's horrific. I mean, I know I made the joke about the pop, but it's real. It's just horrendous. Uh, I can't, as a Smallville fan, I am beyond disheartened. It's like, it's great that Smallville's in the news again. <laughs> I wish it were for any other reason <laughs> than this. <laughs> Uh, she's just, not going to be doing any conventions anytime soon. Yeah. Well, funny enough, so in the season premiere, I had uh, Dave O'Hare, who runs Garden State Comic Fest. Yeah. After we recorded, he announced that they booked her oh. for Garden State Comic Ooh. Fest. And then not long after, they actually they canceled her appearance. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, That's good publicity. Yeah. <laughs> Free publicity. But when I good. saw that, that she was going to be at that show, I was like, well, that'll be interesting. But of course, it didn't come to pass. That would have been a really interesting panel. <laughs> Oh god, I'm laughing at this too much. It's just—it's not a funny thing, it's not, but it's, it's just not so a funny ridiculous. thing. But it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and we were talking about this before on Mike. Like, you've heard every story you imaginable of like Hollywood horror stories, and this is a completely new one. Like, like I, I mentioned this before, it's just like it's so wild. I can't even believe it's real. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, anyway. it's the kind of thing that you know, contrary to what you might think, I don't—I don't watch Smallville like all the time. But every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll put on a clip or an episode or something, and I've always wanted to do an entire series rewatch. Mm-hmm. That's and, a lot. And Steph has never really seen it. She's seen like a little bit here and there. So that's always been on the list. And now it's like, I, I don't know. It'd be kind of hard. It's yeah. going to be a whole new show. That's, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, unrelated to the sex cult stuff, I just find it much harder to rewatch network shows that have like 24 episodes a season versus like 10. Yeah, it is very hard. It's a, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of, lot of content to, to burn through. Well, on a happier note, so we're here to talk about C2E2 as part of our con season theme. So, you know, the goal with each episode is to tackle cons from different perspectives. What's really cool about this episode is uh, we each had a different perspective on C2E2. We each had a different role there. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good point. You know, yeah. Chris, you were a totally. vendor. I hosted a panel. And then Delando, I mean, you were involved in the running of the show. Sure. So you were, you were <laughs> very deep into it. Oh, yeah. So when did you start working for ReadPop? I started, um, it'll be a year on June 5th. So n- not even a year yet, but you know, I hit the ground running immediately. They hired me specifically to work on C2E2. So just from the jump, I mean, I was explaining this to Chris earlier, um, read, read pop recently reorganized and, and now every show has its own team. So I'll pitch in on other shows, but C2E2 is, is mine year round. So I'm, I'm responsible for it from, from word one. And like, now that the show is over, we've just started, you know, I'm working on other shows and helping out, but I'm starting on C2E2 2019 already. 
Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I was surprised to learn was how many shows Read Pop puts on. Because in my head, I'm always like, oh, New York Comic Con, C2E2. But mm-hmm. there's a lot beyond mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Emerald City, um, Star Wars Celebration, um, all the PAXs, and then a number of shows around the world. We just launched a show in South Africa. Um, we're on every continent at this point except for Antarctica. So time to get it done. I know. I said I said we should just do one. Just one. Just, just for do fun. The seven scientists there. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just re- you'll get a reunion for the cast of The Thing. It'll be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. You get a, if you get a good exclusive, people will go. So for, Think about it. for people who might not be super familiar with this particular convention, like where does it fall in relation to like a New York Comic Con or, or, or San Diego in terms of attendance? In terms of attendance? Um, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, New York Comic Con is, is the biggest and then San Diego, and I mean we're we're pretty big. We we just um, sh- we just beat our attendance record for 2018. We did about 82,000 people. But I mean when you stack that up, which is just big, it's yeah, big. That, that um, is big, yeah. When you when you stack that up against a New York that's like over 200, I think I'm not. I don't quote me on that. Like it it, it helps you to put it into perspective. And yeah, then, but but at the same time, like for people that aren't familiar with it, like. Nothing else is anywhere close to New York, San Diego level. So, sure. like, this is probably like very close to the the peak of the anything under those shows. Like, in terms yeah. of like you know a lot of shows. So, like, it's still a really big show. Also, like San Diego is t- it's tough to quantify because I don't think they can get any more. Have you been to San Diego? Not in a few years, but I've been like, there. I, no, I think they're capped. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, and I know you've been because we went together. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they can get any more people in the building, but there's so much stuff happening around the convention center that's. Yeah, it's really expanded. related, but not part of the convention technically. That they probably touch three hundred thousand people easily. Yeah, that's true. So it is hard to get a number on it. But like, do you know like what what's the next biggest show in the country? You know, oh, actually, well, Emerald City is bigger than C two E two. Like how how much bigger? Uh, I'm not sure, but they are they are bigger. They're more established than we are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But this will be next year. Twenty nineteen will be C two E two's tenth anniversary. Emerald, I think, is past 15 or 16 at yeah. this point so they've been around a lot longer and new york too is past 15 cool. so i mean we've got room to grow and we'll keep growing um, but we're still very much a new show when you compare it to like wizard worlds that have been around forever and like some of these like midwest conventions that have just been there forever and been like the big convention yeah for those markets. but for its age it's you know it's it's a really great and big show we've got a lot going for us i mean it's a really great venue yeah. like it's it's the largest. I think it's the largest indoor space in the world. Yeah, it, it, it it, yeah, yeah. That's that's what the my friend that works at the hotel told me. Yeah, I want to talk about that because sure. so this was my first C two E two, and I really had a, a very good time. And you know, I've been telling people it's it's funny to me because it's it has the like the style and substance of a New York Comic Con as you're walking the floor, but you know, you don't have everybody on top of you. It's like yeah, you, you can, can actually move. walk and move and breathe. And this place is so massive. Like they had other conventions going on. There was a Black Women's Expo. Mm-hmm. You didn't really interact the with same it at all, time. right? You didn't see it. Like it's just funny. All right, oh. so funny you said. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. So um, we Ubered when we were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we, we took an Uber to the convention center. And I don't know exactly where our Uber driver went, but he got us in a different end. Like we went through no security the first day. I don't know how where he got well, us that in. that is not good. And we should talk about that off mic for yeah. sure. <laughs> It was unusual. It was like some weird, weird entrance. But uh, we eventually, like, we're making our way to the to the main area, and we saw a table that said like speaker check in, and and Steph was like, oh, like go there. And it's a good thing I looked because the sign was for the Black Women's Expo. And as we walked away, I was like, that would have been great if I walked up and I'm like, hey, I'm here to give a <laughs> give a talk at your event. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say to us? <laughs> I I only had one interaction where this um 
I, you know, I, when you guys come in that main entrance, mm-hmm. like right where the doors with the big banner, this is the first thing you see. And there's always like a lot of cosplayers and stuff hanging out down there. For those of you who've never been to the convention center, there's a gigantic atrium that you can't miss. Um, it's and it's you know it leads up these escalators to the show floor. And I'm standing there waiting for someone. I don't remember. And I had my you know my earpiece in that looked very official and Secret Service like. And I've got my you know windbreaker reed pop jacket on. And this um this little little old black woman comes up to me and and I'm like, do you need help? And she's like where's the black women's expo and like i was like you are in the wrong place i'm sorry and i gave her directions but that was the only interaction i really had with that expo and they're the probably weekend. so confused yeah, like know, what right? in the hell is going on yeah and then so now for you chris like put this in context for us so like how many shows i know i saw on uh, social media a while back you were keeping a tally or maybe it was last year's list of all the shows that you yeah did. but for I people think... and we've talked about this before but for people who haven't who haven't listened it's like how many shows are, are you going to in a year usually last year i think we did like 33 34 it's a lot that's that a lot, lot because almost every other weekend it yeah yeah it was it was really crazy and and thing you gotta remember is like you know there's like three months out of the year where there's barely any conventions especially in the northeast anyway so like it would have been more had there been conventions. So yeah, it's crazy when I looked at it like that. But um, and I'm not just saying this because we're here. C2E2 mm-hmm. is my favorite show of the year, um, for a lot of the reasons you said too. Because you get that big vibe. I love the city. I like the convention center. Um, but it's just nice because you you get that big show vibe without being crushed and like it's hectic, but it's not like you know you're gonna die at the end of the week like you do at New York Comic Con, especially from a vendor perspective. So you know it's it's just a really fun show that. You know, I could do it with four people, and still we do really well, as opposed to fourteen people where we're we're dying. You know, and and we're home, so it's it's good. Yeah, is that the farthest west you go? Yeah, yeah. I really want to do Emerald City. Um, it's just such a long drive. You know, it's, it's a like slog. two days. Yeah. Um, we we've done New Orleans before. That's the furthest we've driven, but um, and that's just too much. But this this is this is worth it. We come back to Chicago twice a year for Wizard World also, but um. And that's my second favorite show, oddly enough. So maybe it's Chicago I like, but I really love C2E2. Yeah. So. No, Chicago's great. I've actually, that's the place I've, I've probably been to most now between work trips and, and now this. So uh, It's a good town. I spend yeah. a lot of time there now. I get to go a lot. I'm fortunate, which is cool. Oh, yeah. So how many times do you have to go in advance of the show? I mean, I only went, uh, I think I went maybe like two or three times in the last year before actually going for the show. But, you know, we'll try to get that number up. I think at this point we probably don't need to though like we've established all those relationships and can just move them to email um but you know, i mean it, it helps to go out once in a while and like maintain a little bit and meet with people and stuff so now what does a content coordinator do exactly well, i'm glad you asked um <laughs> i'm i'm involved with every aspect of programming and events for the show so that's anything from things that are happening on the show floor to panels like all i put together all the panel programming to professional content to late night events to separately ticketed stuff to the cosplay competition to working with the international cosplay teams um because we do we do a global championship at c2e2 um all of our international shows have competitions and then all those competitors come to c2e2 to compete so i my my day varies very differently from day to day um to doing you know working with the people who do the live stage on the show floor and you know putting together autographing stuff so it it's a lot and it's never it's never the same day twice um but you know it's it's tough to imagine that we used to have one team that would do that for every show you know like 
they would do Star Wars Celebration and they'd go right into C2E2 and then like right in Emerald City and then before you know it, New York is here and then you got to start it all over. So just like from a quality of life perspective. Yeah, I can imagine. To make the shows better too because now we get to spend the full year doing it. Um, you know, we're, we have our hands in everything. So like I did anything from putting a panel together for like, for example, we... Um, we identified that our fans really, really love Harry Potter and we didn't have anything. This is the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter. We didn't have any movie guests or obviously, you know, the show that gets JK Rowling to come to their show is going to be the biggest convention on the planet. Um, but I wanted to do something Harry Potter and I didn't have any guests. So I, I went down our list of authors and comic artists and people who were at the show already and had their own followings. And I put together like a Harry Potter panel with people who are fans like people who are at the show for their pivoting their own stuff, but are also like big Harry Potter fans and like, let's get them together and talk about it. And that ended up being one of the more popular panels of the show, which was really cool. So it's anything from stuff like that to negotiating with publishers to do a signing, to putting together after party stuff, like, or even stuff that's separately ticketed. So we did a, we did a late night show this year with Henry Rollins, um, which I'm, was really cool. I wish I'd gotten to see more of it, but you know, we wanted to do something that was maybe a little less comic-y, but maybe had some overlap with the Chicago audience. So we, you know, we did like a late night comedy thing for the first time. So it it it's it varies is the is the short version. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, I guess my question would be because you said you know you identify that there was this interest in Harry Potter. It's mm -hmm. like how do you identify something like that? Well, we do a lot of extensive uh, extensive data. And, and we have a lot of extensive data from post show surveys and, and focus groups and like one, for example, one of the things that we did, um, one of the trips we did out to Chicago was just fan meetups and, you know, we will even just plan to just meet at a bar one night and, and put it on our official channels and, and have fans come out and then we just kind of like pick their brains. Like, what do you guys want to see more of? What do you, it's not the most, um, hard data but it, it helps to just you know talk with the fans and, and hear what they want to see more of like chicago stuff that works in chicago doesn't necessarily work in seattle it doesn't necessarily work in new york like chicago's a big wrestling town they're a big um there's a lot of blue it's like very blue collar town so like they like their marvel and their dc when it comes to their comics versus seattle might skew a little bit more indie a little bit more gotcha. web comic gotcha um so it's just kind of identifying what's different about your market and what works like horror for example works really well in chicago so we always try to program like walking dead stuff and and horror horror comic books now wait on that no wasn't there another convention there was. the same week there was uh, walker stalker walker stalker and heroes and villains fan fest which are kind of the same thing right it's the same company but they they run those shows separate but for that show <coughs> for the big cities they mash them together you buy one ticket you get, into get both, them both even yeah. though it's the same thing really so in a case like that i mean who like you guys had the dates first or how, how, how did that I, happen i don't know who had the dates first but the way the the way it works is you're kind of you know especially with a big convention center like mccormick you kind of are you have the dates that they give you um it might be different for other cities and other other shows but like that's how how most it's, shows it's like operate. that literally everywhere yeah like that's why you see like even like your awesome cons like that you know eighty thousand people or whatever and it's like yeah you're on easter this year okay like you know i i, I always looked at it like you figure these places would be happy because so many people are coming to it but i think it's the complete opposite because 
you don't realize all the trade shows that are going on that are not open to the public and they probably make the same amount of money on rentals and they don't have to deal with you yep. know 80,000 people loitering and destroying mm-hmm. things and cleaning and they probably make the same money on like a 10,000 person trade show that they yeah. do on an 80,000 person exactly con- exactly con- con- so yeah. so i think they they kind of as crazy as it is put those shows last on the totem pole for priority but um well, I would think that they make a lot on, and this I, this is not from personal experience, but I would think they probably make a lot on concessions or for more sure. on concessions. But like it depends. Like, like some places outsource that. So like, you know, like this is a small scale, but say at the county center, like mm. somebody pays them like a hundred grand a year and they make all the concession money. Gotcha. But if they don't make anything, the county center still makes that hundred grand, you know? So, but if they make a million dollars, the county center makes a hundred grand. So, you know, it might just be more work. I don't know, but it's crazy. I mean, um, did you guys, you didn't notice like any difference from having Walker Stalker. I was surprised the show no. was packed, so that was great. You know, yeah. yeah we, I was going to ask like how that how the how the C two E two compared to previous years. On from you. a vendor side, it was identical. Um, it, uh, you know, we we did just as well as we always did, and um, and the show was packed. You know, I had other friends that were either at both shows or at Walker Stalker or at C two E two. Everybody did great, and I don't know how that city supports such a big show because. Um, what was Indiana was the week before too, and or is that Indianapolis? Indianapolis, yeah. One of the one of the other was the week before on Easter, and it was also like insanely busy. And every vendor I know that was there did double what they were expecting. And then you have these two mega shows the week after that, and you have Wizard World in August. I don't understand how how they support all these shows, but they're always great. So well, Chicago's a really big media market. I mean, it's I think it's the second or third, maybe second largest in the country. Um, there's a lot of people there. So, I, I mean... Yeah, I, no. I, I, and I, I guess, guess it's it shows. centrally located, too. So, you're drawing... It's close enough to both coasts where people can, can mm-hmm. drive it. You know, like like I said, I'm not going to drive to Emerald City necessarily, but I can drive to Chicago. But somebody in Seattle can also drive to Chicago just as quick. So, maybe it's just perfect, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of Chicago, I know you guys were extremely busy with the show itself, but did you have a chance to, uh, you know, check out restaurants, things like that while you were I, there? I, I literally just ate hot dogs, like, every yeah. night. I had pizza twice. From the hotel bar? No, no. And, they were and good. The con- no, I was going to say, the hotel and the, con- and the convention center have really good hot dogs, but um, what was that? What's the name of the place, the famous place? Vienna Beef? No, no. It starts with a P. Portillo's? Portillo's, yeah. That was, like, maybe five or six minutes down the road, like, one of their really big ones, and... um. I, I went there every night, like four nights in a row. I just ate nothing but hot dogs. I love them so much. Did you have the free Cards Against Humanity hot dogs? No, I didn't even know that was a thing going on because I didn't get to walk around. That I would much. have told you. Oh man, I saw. We helped I set saw that my, up too. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. My too. I saw my friend take a picture inside the hot dog, and I was like, "Where the hell was that?" That was cool. We got hot dogs, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, they kept that line moving fast. We oh, weren't man. waiting long. That's that Reed Pop line management for you. Where was yeah. that on the show? Floor? We, it was like right we put the them front. like right up front. Yeah, they it was like you walk right in and it's like hot dogs in. right in your face. Yeah. I don't know how I walked over there fifty times because I was that area. I did go to. I don't know how I missed that. That's crazy. I'm really upset. So I was not as involved with the show, so I had a little more opportunity to uh, sure. to explore. Although the other reason why I was in Chicago was to start production on my comic shop, Country. So I mm-hmm. did filming at a couple of shops out there, Challengers and First Aid Comics. So it was a busy weekend, but. Uh, we did do uh, deep dish pizza. We did Good. Uno's, the, the the original, the original they Uno's, claimed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's. Did you stay right on that in that area? Yeah, yeah, that's the the Acme Hotel, which is my favorite hotel in Chicago, is literally connected to that Uno's. Oh, and, nice. Uh, and it's good, but I like Giordano's better. So we did yeah, that. Like we did that last time, and I think yeah. we liked Uno's better because really? it wasn't as deep. Mm. Like it wasn't as thick. I don't know. So we liked that was good. I, I learned something about Chicago deep dish pizza this this trip that I did not know before that there's a lot of version a lot of places have a vegan version of this that yeah are, it's made are, with sausage yeah that, where or, the pa- the actual crust is just a sausage patty 
Oh. Which is ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, my friend, he was on some diet where he couldn't eat bread. So he was like, we have to order from (laughs) one of the places specifically made that one. And he's like, we have to order from there. I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. It's weird. There's there's a lot of intricacies to Chicago pizza. They all kind of bleed together for me. I don't even like. I'm just like okay. Well, they're I'm all here good. Deep dish pizza, but they yeah, take but, forever to cook. Like yeah. that's the other thing. You go it's to Giordano's, like there's like an hour or something like that. Yeah, it's like and I don't know. I've given this a lot of thought. It's like I appreciate that they're making it fresh, but it just it feels too like it's too long to wait. I don't know. This time we pizza. we called it in and then we went to pick it up. So we, that was yeah, that's, that's, that's the smart. way to do and it. And when we went to Giordano's, they let you order because there was like a forty minute wait to sit down. So they take your order and then when you sit down, the pizza's just ready, which is great too. Yeah. And then Sunday, my birthday, we did Gibson's Steakhouse. Okay. That was serious. That was really. I've heard good. that's really good. I've never. Been. I've never been there either. Yeah, that was that was really good. The dessert, uh, we ordered. I put this in quotes. A piece of uh, chocolate cake it, they give you literally a the quarter <laughs> a quarter of the cake it was as big as my head it was crazy That's we would have awesome. been dead if we ate that yeah, I, you got good food there man. next time you're there i re- yeah midwesterners really know how to eat like big time yeah, yeah. and i'm not a food guy and i'm like i'm in heaven so i can't even imagine next time you're there go to um Riccabini's and get the breaded steak sandwich okay That's out of control sounds good yeah, there's been some good food. And then so the documentary production continued. I just got back from North Carolina. So there's some great barbecue down there. Did some chicken and waffles. Like it was. Yeah, Carolina was good. definitely has some good food. It was good. We have to go to Raleigh in a month or so. So I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah. All right. So C2E2. So I mean, like for you, Delando, <clears throat> like what? <laughs> yeah, I know so much went into the, the preparation, the lead up to this. But what were those? few days like for you <laughs> like what was your state of mind and stress um, level i flew in on tuesday morning um so i was there from tuesday until monday um well actually tuesday because i stayed an extra day but um tuesday wednesday thursday was a lot of setup um friday you know the way everyone positions it is like you know you prep all year for this and then by the time the show gets going it you know it just goes you're you're, you're done it's <laughs> just kind of like yeah it, i mean it really is though um Friday, I'll admit, was, like, really hectic. Um, so one thing I have not mentioned is um, I'm very, very proud of our C2E2 team because they're all new. Like, every every show team has, you know, the same kind of components. They have a content person, which is me. They have a sales guy. They have marketing people. They have an event manager. It's just, like, five or six people per team. Um, the C2E2 team, this was all, every one of our, our members' first show. So... I'm very, very proud that with all the competition we had from Walker Stalker, we still managed to to exceed our goals from the previous year. And and at, by all accounts, everyone seems to think it went exceedingly well. That said, you don't know what you don't know. And we had never done this before, so there was a lot. I mean, I can't speak for them, but me personally, on the setup day that I just didn't know had to be done um, if I had known, I would have prepared a contingency plan for it. And then even then, some shit just happens. You know, you can't you can't account for stuff. Um, like what we, kind of stuff? Like someone not <coughs> not being where they need to be or not having yeah, what mean, they need or something like that? One thing that I personally didn't account for is like you ship stuff to the convention center, but you then have to tell them like where in the convention center to put it. So a lot of my day on Wednesday and Thursday was like, it would have been solved if I had just wrote, written the right thing on the label, but because I didn't, I had to run all over the, the gigantic conventions that are hauling boxes to places that they needed to be um, when it could have just been solved easily, and that ate up a lot of time. Or, like, for example, I had a guest come 
um, who shipped stuff. I don't even know if they shipped it wrong or whatever. Um, the building only accept pa accepts packages for a very specific amount of time. And if it comes before that or after that, they, they won't accept it. Um, but I don't know if that was the case here, but his banners for his table just never showed up and we couldn't find them. We were scouring the building for two days. He went Friday without having his banners. We had to go. We, we searched every nook and cranny of the building. We had the union looking for them nowhere um called the post office they didn't know where it was we finally figured out that it was probably at a local post office nearby so saturday morning i had to send one of my guys to a post office to get these like 50 pound boxes and bring them back to the convention center so like just shit like that that you don't account for or like we had um <clears throat> we had a, a lending library come and they brought like five thousand books and we put them in a in a panel room and then fans could go into that room if they needed a break and just sit down and read a book. I personally don't know why you'd ever want to do that at a show. I just think like you paid all this money to go here. Why you want to sit in a room and read a book, but like anime fans and manga fans seem to really dig that for some reason. So, okay. so I, I, you know, I, I found a vendor who would do this and I gave them the space and they did it. Um, but it's one thing when you look at, um, floor plan for the place it's another thing when you're there and it's much much larger and much different um i put them way further away from normal foot traffic than i should have like in a non-really accessible place so like they did not do very well on their first day traffic wise so the next day like i had to walk around with them and like place signs places like we've got this lending library it's over here come find us come hang out with us kind of a stuff and then their traffic picked up um so it's really just kind of you know growing pains on things you don't know you don't know until you're there um but once it got started i was spending most of my time just kind of running back and forth on that hallway that you saw me at just checking in on my crew making sure that you know rooms were weren't filling up too quickly or if they were filling up radioing to our marketing team to let people on social media know like hey this panel is filled up or you know, there's some spots left here or, you know, if something is knock on wood doing really poorly um, that we wanted to fill out, having them send out a tweet like, you know, you want to see this panel. It's starting right now. That kind of stuff. Um, making sure that lines are moving properly and all that. So, yeah, that was a big problem uh, with my panel. Actually, there were there were just no seats left. People were just <laughs> pouring into it No, But we did have a good turn. I mean, for did you? for, uh, you know, I've been telling people like for a Sunday afternoon with like no celebrity guests or like big name creators or anything like we had at least 30 i think that's great um and people seemed into it so that was good oh that's I, was, awesome. I mean i was happy yeah i'd rather have 30 people that are really into, into it, it than have like uh like you know a packed room of people who are un just sitting there to wait for like the next panel yeah yeah exactly yeah it seemed like people specifically came for that which which was really nice no and i you know i want to thank that's you officially great. like i really appreciated the opportunity to oh, uh, to do that i've not i've not asked you and maybe mm -hmm. i don't want to know the answer to this <laughs> was it nepotism is that what you're gonna ask basically no no not at all no <laughs> no we we i i um full disclosure like when when someone submits a panel to us um it goes through extensive review and um we you know we all kind of review it as a team um the the core c2e2 team will look over it but also like the other content people from the other shows will weigh in um and we all thought that you had a great submission and that it was it was worthwhile doing and and i even um we even we had another panel um that was retailer focused on a different day and i even went and i talked to my boss i was like what do you think about like do you think we're running too many retailer panels like full disclosure like this one is one of my close friends like 
I want to give him this shot. Like, I think he'll do a great job. And, um, and honestly, he was like, if we have room for both, do them. But if you, you know, you know, figure it out. So I figured it out. Well, no, and I appreciated your guidance. I know when the submission thing went up, I reached out to you and, you know, I said, do I need to have my, my panelists set yet? And you said that it would help. And of course that made sense. So at that point, so this was like months and months ago when the submission thing opened, I reached out to, uh, Pat Brower challengers Mm -hmm. who I had met, uh, podcasting with last fall, uh, Ben, Ben from zap, who Mm -hmm. of course has been a guest on the show and he's a regular vendor at C2E2 and, uh, Christy Blanche from all yeah, uh, Muncie. And of course, you know, we're part of the all yeah family. They've been on the show and everything. So that was my initial lineup. The final lineup was completely different. (laughs) And that's okay. But but what I didn't tell you was how much, not, I don't want to say trouble, but it was a little challenging finding replacements because once I got the time slot, um, a, a couple people couldn't do it at that time. And then uh, Christy ended up not being able to make it to the show at all. Uh, so, you know, I was looking to find replacements and you were helpful. You gave me some some leads and I went through the list of, uh, you know, vendors and all that. Um, there were a couple people who were a little shy and they didn't want to be on stage. Uh, there was one vendor that would just said, I'll pass, but thanks. So, so it goes. But uh, I was really happy with the lineup we ended up with. So it was James, and I don't want to say ended up with, like, you know, uh, I was very happy to have all three of them. It was uh, James Nurse from First Aid Comics, Mm -hmm. and he's been on the show before. Uh, Mark Beatty from Dark Tower Comics. Uh, He had a cool perspective because he was more of the, uh, like, the old school comic shop owner. So it was a nice contrast. That's cool. And then uh, Matt from Age of Comics in New Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm which was cool to have representation from a different part of the country. Totally. And they're really big into the vintage books. Like I went to his booth on the floor and he had a detective 27. Oh wow. So like stuff like that was, was cool to see. Yeah, we had a, a fun totally conversation. Totally different market. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally different buyer collector. Like, you know, I got to say like, I don't, I don't collect a ton of comics. And one thing I find interesting with these shows is like, I was looking for like a random issue of spider Gwen that came out like six months ago and I've been looking for it all year. <laughs> and like none of these guys, cause they don't have stores, a lot of them. So they don't have current books. Like it's really weird. Like you have the guys that have the current books and nothing else. The guys that just have, random back issues from the 80s, 70s to 90s, and then the guys that have their vintage books. And it's, even though you see their comic vendors, it's three completely different worlds, three different client bases, and it's, it's really interesting. Never the three shall meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so weird. It's tougher now with the way books are printed and quantities and stuff that, like, once it's gone, it's usually tougher to find. Yeah, yeah, it's just, and it's not even, exp- I just, it's the thrill of the hunt, you know, you don't want to sure. buy it on eBay, and I'm like, I just want to find it in a box. But it's just crazy to me, like how few people have current books at these shows. Yeah, it is. I know, really, it is something. But uh, just going back to the panels for a second, Chris, you, you and I were going to be on a panel together <laughs> yeah. at a New Jersey show at the end of April, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't know what happened, but you can tell me later. Yeah, I'll tell you the full story later. All I'll say is this, and I debated like how, how much to get into this, but uh, the panel I was going to do was canceled by the organizers, not, not my choice. Um, and I debated like, you know how much I wanted to say about this. All I'll say is... You know, I reach out to a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, stores and convention organizers and creators. And uh, one thing that is always important to me is that I I always strive to be professional, respectful, totally. polite. I feel like that's important. And uh, one might say it's the most important. The, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's something that I do pride myself on. I think it is. I agree. The most important thing. And uh, I really, for the most part, that's I've you know, that's been returned from the people I've been dealing with. But it doesn't always happen. And, you know, and when that happens, it is what it is. So for anyone who was looking forward to that panel at that show, uh, you know, we'll catch you at the next one. 
not that show, but a different one. <laughs> I appreciate your professionalism in not even naming it. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's interesting for me. It's another layer to this convention world. And, you know, dealing with organizers and dealing with promoters, I mean, I, I want to turn to you I'm now. I'm just biting my tongue yeah. so hard it's going to bleed. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> shoot myself in the foot. But no, we don't have to talk about that one specifically. But like, you deal with a lot of promoters. Yeah. I mean, you are a promoter as well. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about your show, Undiscovered Realm, mm-hmm. uh, in the past. Undiscovered Realm uh, Comic Con. Uh, and I know, unfortunately, it's not happening this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so annoying because, like, everybody the last, like, month is just like, oh, when's the show? Oh, we want to do show. It's like that third year where everybody just is coming to you. So it's like, not that it's not work, but it's just, you're not trying to convince people to do the show anymore. And uh, so, you know, it's cool to see, like, we just did Hudson Valley this past weekend in Poughkeepsie. So it was a lot of overlap, obviously. And everybody's come to the booth. They're like, oh, we're so sad. We really want to go to the show. That's one of our favorite local shows, which is really nice to hear because, you know, you know, you know, we're a small fish in a really big pond. And uh, so it's cool, cool to hear that stuff. But yeah, we, we, we know most of the promoters now and you know, and it, it lets us look at shows from a different perspective because I'm like, I, I even see promoters and I'm like, why don't you do this and fix it? And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's weird. But most of them know each other and they talk. But there are some promoters that I just can't stand. And uh, unfortunately, this month, two of those shows were in the same month. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what is the difference in dealing with uh, a show that's run by like uh, one guy versus a read pop or, or another company. Um, I guess there's pluses and minuses on both sides from my perspective. Anyway, like, like Chris said, if, if you have five or 10 people running a show and everybody has their job, usually you would hope that things would run more efficiently than one guy that's just doing. It. And a lot of times people think they can do a show and even think sometimes they're doing a good job, but they're, they're forgetting so many obvious things. Um, especially from a vendor perspective. And I really, I said this a million times, but I think that's one of our strong points is that I know what the other vendors are going to be thinking when I make decisions so I can um, alleviate a lot of potential problems. Mm-hmm. And um, But sometimes when you do have that many people, like a lot of the smaller details do get left off, even though somebody's job is just that specific thing because it's such a big show that they don't have that attention to minute details that maybe the one guy would have because he has his hand in every part of the show. So if I ask Chris, maybe about something that the marketing person's doing, he's not going to have any idea. And that's not his fault because it's not his job. But if, you know, like when I run the show, every inch of that show I've done, every inch of the building I've planned out. So like I should know everything and be able to respond to things instantly. So there's there's pluses and minuses, I guess. Yeah. No, uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's very insightful. Uh, so, but why is it that Undiscovered Con isn't happening? Oh, uh, well, we, uh, going back to the date thing, we, we had our date set, you know, really in advance. We had them... At the but for last year's show, we already knew what our dates were going to be. Gonna the be Father's year. Day weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, and we had a couple options. Actually, it was like Mother's Day or Father's Day, which again, neither are ideal. But we were like, you know what, Mother's Day is a liability. Father's Day might actually be a benefit because the kids can take their dad out. It's something they both want to do together, you know. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we just had no choice. June seemed like it was wide open compared to like a lot of the other local shows, and so we set it. And then. Probably like five months in, six months in, Eternal Con moved uh, from Fourth of July back to Father's Day, and um, also Borough Con, which is a train wreck of a show. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I, I don't know if anybody was there last year, but I I'm shocked that they're back. But so that was irrelevant to us. But then Eternal Con, it's a it's a really good show. It's in Long Island. It's close, um, and you know we like doing that show also. And it just it would have been a disaster. You know we would have both been pulling the same crowd we it would it wasn't good for anybody 
And uh, so we were like, you know what? Maybe this is just a sign. There's too many shows. Um, let's just skip a year. We can concentrate on everything. We'll grow, do it next year. You know, it sucks losing that momentum, like I was saying before. But, you know, I think it was just better for everybody. Uh, it's no sense in, in us harming each other. And uh, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I also own a tattoo shop, which I don't know if we ever went into. But we're expanding and we've been working on this it should have been done four months ago and we're still doing it and so if those two things happened at the same time i probably would have jumped off a building by now <laughs> so it ended up being a really big blessing but we will be back next year but we're still working on dates because it's it's just so hard and everybody's like oh the county center only has something like once a month and it's like you don't realize like the camp that's there for three days a week and all these things are just aren't open to the public so getting dates are really 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 hard yeah. and uh and we're one of the bigger shows there and we still we just can't, you know, we have no priority. It's like, do you want this or, or nothing? Yeah, so. the Westchester County Center. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't envy you being in that position because, uh, right, it's like either you go ahead and you, you risk having a dud of a show because you're competing yeah. with this other one or, you know, you you know you don't do it and then you risk them, them losing the momentum. Yeah. But I think the next year's show is going to be awesome. And I, I be hope the, so. It'll be the return. <laughs> See, yeah. that's a nice thing. Like, you skip a year and then it's like you're coming back. Like, yeah. it's, it'll be an event. Yeah, no, that's true. And that's a good way to, to market. And and just seeing all these people that didn't for, because, you know, some of the other vendors are like, oh, you got to do it every year. Even if, if you go back downstairs. And I didn't want to take a step backwards, you know. Um, but they're like, people forget, people forget. So it was nice having all these people come up to us and be like, oh, we're definitely going to be there. Oh, we're waiting for it. Oh, it's one of, you know, that's, it was really, really, you know nice to hear well when the time comes for whatever little bit it'll help we'll give it a nice big push oh well, we appreciate it well, of course you'll be back and well i appreciate that look we're all so appreciative here <laughs> on that note this is the point in the show where i would play the undiscovered oh, realm commercial i want to thank you for being one of our uh, podcast sponsors no problem uh, happy to help there was a little bit of a glitch in the season premiere <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing um we we were driving to when was the premiere it was on the way to chicago yeah, was it that it was week? The, it was April 4th. Yeah, so we were driving to Chicago, and uh, and we listened to the episode in the car, and started playing, and we all started cracking up, and I was like, I should tell him about this. But it was like <laughs> four in the morning, first of all. I'm like, ah, I don't want to bother him. And I'm like, you know what? I'll yeah, take the, the second ed. The UR commercial <laughs> played for a second time, and the second time it played, it was over the episode. Oh, really? So that's the kind of thing that every time I publish one of these episodes... Um, like I'm worried about that. I'm going to do something like okay. that. There's going to be something in there, and I feel I made it through three seasons. Yeah, <laughs> four really because we got to include uh, Flat Squirrel Tales. So four seasons, not so bad. Those uh, things happen, but it was disappointing. But I, I got a heads up. I want to thank our, our friend in North Carolina, Lord Retail. He texted me. I had just gotten into work, and I, his text came through, and he's like, uh, "Just so you know." And like my heart just sank. I was like, "Oh no!" Ah, I raced home. This is the this is the benefit of living of uh, living yeah. across the street from where I work. I zoomed home and I fixed it and I reposted it. It's so like anyone who downloaded it after that it's a morning should item. be fine. That's the thing. <laughs> if you have that original error variant of season four premiere, spoken like a true comic, yeah. you better hang on to but that. But you know what? It's good to know that people are listening. That yes. you got feedback right yeah. away and there like, were a number wouldn't of people it have been worse if you found out like two years later <laughs> that like no one heard this error in your po in your podcast yeah. like yeah no that's true so that was nice and then uh, you know i gotta say not to toot my own horn but i was proud of myself i wasn't as upset about it as i thought i would be if if that something like that ever happened like i i was well, more okay with happen. it than i thought I imagine know. i can't imagine someone's out there i'm never listening to this show again <laughs> this, this guy clicked the wrong button <laughs> But, well, in any event, so this is the point where I would normally run the commercial, but you're here. Let's just do the commercial. Oh, no. We'll do it live. Yeah. Well, what should people know about Undiscovered Realm? Um, I don't know. We've, we've gone through this extensively. Um, 
I don't know. We, uh, you know, we're definitely the biggest pop dealer around. Um, especially, I, I, I don't know that this is a fact, but I want to say maybe on the East Coast at this point, like we have everything. Um, you know, we do a ton of conventions. We bring the same stock to the show that we have in the store. So we, we, you know, we mirror the two. We really specialize in like hard to find stuff, high end stuff, exclusives. Um, you know, basically that's it. We try to keep our prices fair. We run a ton of in store tournaments, video games, cards you know, games. Um, we do some comics. We're not really a hardcore comic store, you know, just a mismatch of everything basically. But you know, it's, it's nice to have something in this area. There's not a lot of stores and they're more closing actually, you know, so it's, it's good to still be open. Like yeah. modern myths is closing next month. Yep. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. That, yeah. Toy store. Tommy toys R Us is closing. Yeah. Where do you go to buy toys? It's now? hard. It's, it's hard. You know? And Hey, I was as a, as a customer testimonial, I was at that store today and it was great. Undiscovered realm. The staff is friendly (laughs) and courteous. Um, Oh, we try. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Hey, look. For whatever it's worth to listeners, it's where I get my pops. Yeah. Thank you. you. We appreciate it. Well, every 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 customer counts. Really, you know, it's it's a mom and pop store in the truest sense of the the word or phrase. So, uh, as far as comic shops, you know, uh, Spider's Web and All Yeah are the other two stores I probably go to most. And and Mark at All Yeah, he said to me on a couple of occasions, he's like, you know, we can get you pops. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I say, but I get them from Undiscovered. We can get, get you my comics. Com- I get my. Well, that's <laughs> See, I mean, it's fair. <laughs> I try to. I kind of, you know, I try to, uh, you know, spread it around. So I yeah, get my yeah. comics at one place, trade yeah, to another place, pop thing, you know? somewhere else, you know. So, but I thank you for being a sponsor. If anyone else is out there listening and they want to get in on this sponsorship action, reach out. Yeah, There's it's still worth some it. spots available. So, uh, but anyway, so going back to C2E2, uh, I mean, what were other highlights of the show for you guys? Um, Go first. I don't know. I, I really, you know, it's it's a blur. As much as if it's a blur for him, it's a blur for us too because, you know, you, you get in there eight in the morning to restock. You're working till seven or whenever the show ends. Then you got to, you know, check what you need, do a thing, count out. And then you leave. Maybe you get a bite to eat really fast and you got to go back to the trailer and the van to restock again, get everything. You know, before you know it, it's 10 o'clock at night it's, and you're so tired, you're just passing out. So we, we don't really get to experience any of the after show stuff or after parties or events or anything like that so it's it's a little bit of a different perspective for us like you know we were there for a week and it it felt like a day it's just over so fast and i would run into him and we were staying in the same hotel that was connected to the convention center so you know i'd see him a couple times after the show the first night i was really genuinely worried he was going to kill himself um i'm not (laughs) even joking oh yeah yeah everyone was like (laughs) <laughs> yeah he looked he looked i mean like i said that first day was rough i i was genuinely concerned i'm not even trying to be funny i was like oh man he's not taking this well but then as the weekend went on you could see the life come back a little bit and then on sunday night he was you know wandering around the hotel in good spirits so i'll leave it at that he wasn't too far gone he wasn't signing up for the, the sex cult or anything like I, that. I, you know what i wouldn't have been surprised I on was, friday i was in my <laughs> i was in my cups on sunday night i got a little was i that bad yeah he's just like he's like i'm gonna go outside and he walks outside and it just immediately turns around and comes back in. And we were having this whole speech. Like he's, it was really, really foggy and freezing and snowing that night. And uh, his, his, his buddy that he works with was like, oh, that's it. And I was like, yeah, we're never going to see him again. He's just going to wander off into the, into yeah, the was, snow. Is this Gabe uh, by any chance? No, it wasn't Gabe. It was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. But Gabe was there. And right? we went into this whole spiel about how they were going to dedicate the next year's show as a memorial <laughs> to him because he, there's no way he's going to find his way back inside. And uh, we went through this whole thing. And then he just like stopped and turned around and walked back in. And he was like, oh, you ruined it. I don't remember that. Yeah, no, I, I'm not surprised. I know. I was going to ask what went through your mind in those moments when you, when you were I mean, outside. My my mind on Sunday night was just like, you did it. It's over. Celebrate. Um, and I might have celebrated a little too hard. I remember knocking over a bottle of wine 
um, <laughs> accidentally. I like bumped into a table and there was a full bottle of wine on it, just crashed on the floor. <laughs> that was that was the one thing that I was very embarrassed about. I never really get too embarrassed about being drunk, but like when I just am causing a ruckus and breaking shit. Well, he wasn't I, like fall over, throw up all over the place. Oh yeah, he was no, just I in was a fun. funny mood, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that that I that was the the most drunky thing that I did that night. I hope. We'll I see, hope. We'll see if anything else comes out of the One of the guys that works with me is like, he's not going to have a good morning. <laughs> I was okay. I, oh, no, actually, that's not true. No, I was really hungover. Um, I went to, my sister works at the Shed Aquarium um, right oh, up sweet. the road, which is like. That's my favorite place. Every time I go to Chicago, I go there. Dude, that aquarium is so sick. It's I've never best. been before, but Mike oh, really? and I actually went the next day. So so I was gonna. I stayed in Chicago a day to hang out with my sister, and, and um, she was like, come up to the aquarium and hang out with me. Um, and Mike came with me, too. He was like, you mind if I tag along? And, and uh, we had a really good time, but like. I was hurting. It's all I, I was really hurting. <laughs> yeah. Every Ooh. time someone asks me what to do in Chicago, I'm just like, go to the aquarium. Yeah, the aquarium's really it's cool. so awesome. It's, it was. It's the best aquarium I've been to. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Definitely in the country. Uh, London is really awesome too. Oh, really? But uh, I have to. I haven't been there in a long time to compare the two. But I, I look. I go every time I go to Chicago, so that's mm. great. I didn't know she worked there. That's we'll, cool. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you earned it. I mean, when I saw you, you. I mean. Uh, maybe a little a little frazzled but like yeah. appropriately so i mean i can only imagine what i would look like if i were running around doing that <clears throat> i really hit my stride on saturday like i said friday was really rough because it's just like i had two like i had two phones and they were both ringing off the hook Nonstop. and i would like answer one and then be like okay I'll talk, and, and hang and answer the other one and then i'm running around all over the place and and you know everything was it feels like everything's going to shit and then like you just you you get a handle on it by the end of the day and then like I, I like you said I look bad on Friday. I felt bad on Friday. Yeah, like, yeah. I had a bad night. I barely slept from anxiety. I was like, I can't believe I got to do this for two more That's days. That's the worst feeling. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, I know it personally from the from running the show too. That is the scary. I never have anxiety. I never sleep badly. But the night before, I'm just like, oh my god, like what if nobody shows up? What if we lose them? Yeah. You know, a hundred thousand dollars. Like, oh, it's scary stuff. And then amplify it times a million percent, and that's what you're dealing with. So. God, I can only imagine. No, like, this is a fascinating world to me. Again, like, I've had the comic shop experience, but this is different. And, uh, you know, I guess the season uh, was kind of born in part out of past episodes that I did with each of you. Like, Chris, when we did that Christmas special Mm -hmm. a couple years ago now, we talked about the running of Undiscovered Con. Like, that was the first time I started getting insight into what goes into the running of a show. And then, uh, Delando, when you, me, and uh, Dan from 13th Dimension, we did our our convention episode last season. Like, those things kind of got the wheels turning of, like, it'd be interesting to learn more about this world. And it's been fascinating for me, uh, you know, to, to know what goes into this. Yeah, I mean, and as a listener... Um, I, I really like listening to other promoters and seeing their perspective on things and what their pitfalls are because, you know, some of these guys just are loaded and like, you know, so they can do things that other ones can't. And then some of them are, you know, scraping things together and, you know, so it's really cool to see the different person. And then, you know, like Chris, he works for a huge company, like the biggest one that does these shows, but it's still the same level of, you know, intensity and work, you know, so it's. You know, everyone probably thinks like, oh, Read Pop, they, you know, they got so much money that they could just do whatever they need. They got a million people doing everything. But no, you know, there's still a hardworking team behind it. So it's it's cool to pull that curtain back, even for somebody like me who sees a lot more of it than their average person. I'm still very intrigued. I was curious in that season premiere, the, the glitch episode, yeah. <laughs> was there anything uh, that, that you heard in that that you wanted to respond to? No, I don't remember any. Uh, keep in mind, I was on like hour 16 of a drive at this point. Um, I wasn't driving at that point, but... um. So it's kind of a blur to me. Um, but no, they, you know, they, uh, we, we, we've done those shows before. So I, I'm familiar with those guys. Nice guys. Um, 
And uh, oh, when you were talking about the the thing that got stolen, that was us. When that he was, was like, you? we cashed them immediately, and I have to give them credit where credits due. It was like a forty dollar figure, but they they found that guy within like ten minutes. <laughs> they were in there. They watched the cameras, you know. And we've been at other shows where we've had like two thousand dollars worth of stuff disappear overnight, which was the security. You know what I mean? And um, I have to give them credit. They were on top of that. They paraded that guy through the. Everything they said was word for word true. All right, right on. So that was funny to hear. Um. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, you know, and that's, that's nice because that's on, you know, a similar size show to us. And it's, I, I, I like to hear that because it, it lets me feel like I'm not alone in the world, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then as far as, what about like celebrity, any celebrity? Well, because like you always run into Kato, right? Kato yeah, Kato at Wizard World. Yeah, <laughs> only Wizard World. But any, so uh, funny. any interesting folks stop by the Undiscovered Realm booth? At C2E2? Not, not, not at this show. Um... Not that I noticed anyway. Sometimes, you know, this one's just so busy that you, you might not even see it. You look up. You know, like um, John Barrowman, whenever he's at a show, he always like walks by and he always walks the floor, which is intriguing to me because he gets these huge lines, but nobody notices him when he's walking around. That's fascinating. And he's one of the nicest guys ever. Because um, you don't, you probably just don't expect it. And you're not looking at yeah. other people's faces. Yeah. Your that's eyes true. are always darting all over the place. And if you see, you're probably like, oh, that's not him. Yeah. Last year, <laughs> last year I was getting a hot dog at the, at the, the stand in the convention center and uh, Mick Foley like wasn't paying attention and like barreled me over and I look up and I'm like oh shit it's Mick Foley so that's it's weird you never know you know but yeah no, no good celebrity stories this year but again I we were pretty overwhelmed because we we didn't have a huge crew with us yeah I got recognized by my comic shop history oh, really? listener did you really that's the best that's thing you the could ever ask thing for. on the planet yeah. like five well here's the funny thing so it was like within the first five minutes oh, of, wow. of walking in and I had my uh, flat squirrel productions hat on but um, like kind of out of the corner of my eye, I, I caught someone, I, and it seemed like he was looking at me, and I turned around, and but he didn't say anything. And then like a moment later, like he was like, hey, are you, you Anthony Desiato? He's like, I listened to the show. That's and it awesome. Was great. So shout out to Mike from, uh, some, from Buffalo. That was awesome. But here's the thing. Just from like an ego perspective, it was it was extremely flattering, but it happened so early in the show, I was like, oh, this is going to keep happening. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> no, like, that was yeah. the only time. Yeah, hey, man, that's that's awesome. Especially that's so like cool. that was cool. That, that makes was me very so cool. happy. Like that's what I want out of the yeah, show. Yeah, see, that's like, the thing I like too. And you call me cheesy. You know, it's the same thing with the store. When everyone's like, why'd you open a store? I'm like, you know, like uh, it's nice to see these people form these relationships or run into people they like or have. You know, yeah. so uh, that's that is really cool. No, that was that was awesome. You, Chris, you were the first, my first stop. Once oh, we thanks. There, we went to went to your booth and then hit some of the other retailers I know, and then other retailers who have wanted to meet in person. That's <laughs> that's who I try to meet at these shows, the retailers. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you know, but you know, that's cool. They probably don't have a lot of people who come looking for them specifically. Yeah, I guess. I always like to go say hi to retailers that I know. I think that they like it. And, yeah, you know, it's a tight knit community. No, that's a nice. No, thing. it really is. And what was really funny for us was uh, we were in D.C. the week before, and. Um, literally our, our our row was like exactly the same as dc like all the vendors that were next to it, it, oh, was, really? the, it was like somebody just picked up the aisle and just dropped it in That's chicago so yeah and, and especially in a, in a size show yeah. like that was just so weird and and we're just like oh hey guys you know we, you see these people every week you know some of these guys i've seen seven weeks in a row now i haven't even seen my wife you know so it's interesting yeah it must be a lot of camaraderie with yeah the, yeah the, yeah the, road, the fellow road warriors like i want to have you back later in the season to talk more about like the travel specifically sure. and about URCon and all that yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, no problem, no problem. But yeah, no, it definitely is. And that's one of the things that even though this is a really draining industry and, you know, it, it gets monotonous and it's a lot of work, but it, you know, if you think about not doing it, you're like, yeah, I miss, because you wouldn't see these people anymore. And it, it, it is in a weird way, like a little family, um, you know, so it, it is nice, you know, so it's cool. 
the way you do it now, where you, like you're the one on the road, you're the yeah. one at these shows. If you could just like send a team there, would that be more appealing yeah, to you, or would you? you it would and do it wouldn't be because it, it would be just from a standpoint of getting other work done back home. You know, it's not like I'd be sitting home on the couch type of thing. It would be nice to not have to you know be juggling ten things while I'm on the road. But I, aside from the driving and the setup and the breakdown, once we're there, I really do enjoy it, and I like seeing everybody. I like talking to the customers. So I, I don't know that I'd want to do that. So I know I asked you about you know celebrity, uh, you know any interactions. What about you, Delando? I mean, because you celebrity uh, interactions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw a couple of people backstage and stuff. Yeah, I, I was like, curious if you have access, like you know, you have the access. <laughs> yeah, I got to. Um, so I really wanted to do um, a big uh, photo op that we did. <laughs> I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, like a like a huge Gilmore Girls fan, um, and I'll I'll get into why in a in a little bit. Um, and I wanted to do a photo op really bad with Milo Ventimiglia, who played Jess on the show. Um, and he was there because um, he's like on This Is Us Now, which is huge. And there was a dual photo op with him and with Sean Gunn, who played Kirk on the show, who's also in Guardians of the Galaxy now. And, and they they do shows and stuff. So we paired them up for like a Gilmore Girls dual photo op. They're like two of my favorite characters. And I was like, I really want to do this. Um, but I just didn't have time to actually like peel myself away and go do it. But I happened to be back in the like the celebrity green room backstage and I ran into Sean on gun and, and i just told him like hey i'm like a big fan um and i told him a story i was like do you have a quick second i just want to tell you tell you a little, little quick anecdote um i started watching gilmore girls when i was in high school because i wanted to uh, a girl that i really liked told me like you'd really like this show they make a lot of pop culture references it's really funny um and i was like this show's probably so stupid like this is dumb, but you know what? Like, I'm a kid in high school, and I really just want to talk to this girl. Yeah. So I went home, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll try it out. I watched the show, loved it immediately, and that was Sam, and we've been together for like 10 years now. Um, and so I just told him that story, and I was like, you know, we bonded over this show, and like we're still together, and we still love it, and it's like one of our things, and he just thought it was really cool. And, and in, in a weird way, that was almost cooler than, you know, the photo op. Than the photo op yeah. that I, you know, well, would you, have this yeah, really you wouldn't awkward, get that experience. Because you know, you're in your app in two yeah. seconds yeah. he's a really nice yeah, that's guy that's awesome too. so that was cool i mean i and i saw i saw people walking to and fro because i had to keep going da- back behind autographing every once in a while and like but i didn't really get to spend any like meaningful time with anybody um of the celebrity variety i know a lot of comic creators and stuff so i got to see them and spend time with them um which was really cool like i got to spend a lot of time with mark millar while i was there because we worked together a lot when i was at marvel um, but i never met him in person and then and brian bendis is is a good friend and i love brian um and so it was really good to see him and spend some time with him. But like, this guy dropping these names. <laughs> well, one of the coolest things about the show and is uh, w- w- the big thing that I put together at the show. Like my favorite thing was I put together a one-on-one panel with Brian and Mark, and they haven't been on a stage together in like over a decade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're gonna have them both at the show. These guys are both so instrumental to, to like comics in the early two thousands. They both jump started the Ultimate Universe together. Like, let's just get them on stage and just these two guys. If you know them or if you've heard them talk, you know that they can just go. Just give them a microphone, they'll go. I was like, if we get these two on the stage, it's going to be magic. Um, and I, I coordinated and I got them to do it. And and Brian actually like shattered me on the stage. He's like, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Chris Delando. And like that was that's awesome. That's so really freaking cool. cool. Like, and he didn't mean to do that. He was just being nice. Um, but yeah, I, I love Brian. He's such a great dude. Um, so like comic creator interactions, I had a, a ton of. But and and then obviously. 
at the hotel bar because it's connected to the, the 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 what's called Barcon at C2E2 is better than any show I've ever been to because <laughs> the bar is right next to the convention center. Like you and everyone's staying at that hotel. It's it's so cool. So you're just like mingling with comic people at the bar all night. Do you find it odd that more fans don't show up at the bar? Because I feel yeah, like, right? I really do, actually. Because I thought about this, especially with San Diego. So uh, you and I went together a few years back, and then uh, I went again a couple years ago, and of course you were there with Marvel, and uh, I did go to one of the bars one of the nights there, and you were there, and a bunch of creators, and it was really cool, and it, you get them in a different environment, like it's really interesting. But yeah, isn't it? Isn't it surprising? Like, don't you think more people would show up there? What the do you think The San Diego one's even crazier because the celebrities are just like walking down yeah. the street and there's so many of them. It's nuts. Um, it's like, I, I mean, I guess it's a good thing. You wouldn't want the, you know. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be accosted right. or anything, yeah. But I don't know. I would just think you would find more of that. I think yeah. a lot of the people that go to the shows that do have like a lot of social awkwardness and that's like true. you know that's not really their thing you know so it is it is hard you know you, you think in your head like oh i'm gonna say all these things to this person but then when they're just standing there you're like eh, i'll leave them alone and you want you know so it's hard but like i saw a video from the high bar like yeah. attached to the convention center in the in like like bar drinking time where like 30 people just did a flash mob in the bar and just broke out into a synchronized dance yeah there is some crazy it's i mean nuts. that play, like, that that lobby was nuts until like four in the morning mm-hmm. every night like I was just people watching. I don't drink, so I was just I was just enjoying watching people stumble in, and then like even some of the guests, like uh, one of the what's uh, what's that show uh, where they play pranks on people? Impractical Jokers. Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main guy. He was he he every night he lost his hotel key, so oh, he really? would come to the reception and get another one. So every night I watched him like walking around, blah blah blah. So you see these people like interacting. It's just so odd, like you know, fly on the wall. So it's it's fun. Stay in that hotel if you're gonna go. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, that is cool. I can't say I really had any celebrity interactions. Uh, Steph and I did go to the uh, Milo Ventimiglia, Justin Hartley uh, sci-fi panel on the the live stage. That was cool. That was fun. Steph was especially excited. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's funny you mention that though. It's like because that show's huge, but it targets like a different demographic. So we wanted to. We deliberately went after those guys to try and court that demographic. And I walked into their panel on the main stage, which seats like 1,300 people, and it was just like a sea of moms like just <laughs> mom city like i was like you people have never been to no, a that's comic convention smart before. it's very smart so they're actually i think a perfect pair because yes you can tap into that this is us audience mm-hmm. but they have the, the comic book yeah. genre yeah. heroes yeah. yep smallville. smallville why i have justin hartley's pop right here right in front of me so yeah, no, I like that makes. Yeah, a lot they of were sense. a big hit. Their panel was great. So they did the thing on the main on the live stage, and then they did another panel. I think yeah. like right after. So I, I just saw the first one, but uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun to see that. That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did you did you like like the show? Did you have a cool time? Like, like both of you, like what? Like I think we put a lot of effort in the into m- making it like a really cool local down home family camaraderie vibe and i think we take a I lot agree. of pride in trying to do that so like did you guys get that like oh yeah okay that's that's the vibe that i'm saying I, that's i you know i never really sat down and said why is this my favorite show i just it has a feel to it that i just really like and and like he said part of it's not being completely squished in being able to move around do things but you get that awesomeness of the giant shows with like a small show feel and a lot of people go to the small shows because they hate how crazy the big shows are and i feel like this you get both worlds like you get all the access to all the great things at the big shows but you you know i i really do feel like i'm at like a local show or something like that which is 
I don't know how it works, but it works. So I think, good job. I think a lot of it is the building, just because it's so big. Yeah, like, I know it, that. It, it, makes, you know, it does make such storm. a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Like we could just grow and grow and grow, and it'd probably still have that feeling. Yeah, and that's there's great. Just so much room for us, um, which is exciting. Um, but it means we'll probably never sell out ever. But who cares? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's good. It gives. You, I mean, you could artificially sell out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's just more more access and more people that are happy. I guess you know. So what? So you're already working on the next one? Oh yeah, yeah, we're starting. But you went to where'd you go after, right after the I show? went to Disney World. You went to Just Disney going to Disney World. Yeah. I was like, I earned this. You're I'm a Disney. You're, you you like huge oh, okay. Disney Parks guy. Right. That's the one thing. Chris I'm just made a face. Not a no, no, no. I'm thinking I have to. I have to drive uh, to Florida in like three uh, weeks. Are you I'm a Disney guy yourself? Oh, I, I do like Disney. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm we were in the minority here. I don't oh, like dude, it. I like Universal better, but I like the overall Disney theme. I like the rides better. You know what I mean? But Disney's Disney. That's the one thing I miss the most from being a Marvel. So I used to get free Disney admission. Yeah. Like, it's expensive. Yeah, it is very expensive. You have to give them a drop of blood at the entrance yeah. and they scan your eyeball. Yeah. Well, like Steph and her whole family, like they are big into oh, Disney, Disney Park. Like Steph and her mom now have unlimited passes. Oh, God. That's expensive. You it know? is. Yeah. It's like five or $600 a year. Yeah. Steph just if went, went at, once and now she has yeah. two trips already lined up before That's the, the thing, year is out. Like, if you're going to go more than once, it makes sense. Yeah. You yes. have, I mean, yeah. it's literally, we went for one day and it was over a hundred bucks yeah. uh, last year when we, when we drove through. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy, but it's fun. That's cool. Yeah, you that's how you went to Disney. It's so fun. Well, again, you like it, so it's different. Because for me, it's like after working that hard, like the last thing I would want to do is go to Disney and wait in line and walk around the parks. Yeah, it's more. Well, work. you know what? That was. <laughs> I will admit that was a miscalculation on my part. Um, because like I'm now really tired. Like today's my today was my first day back in the office, and I I but even and I'll, and I'll say we didn't even do that much. Like. My buddy, my best friend Andrew, um, was going down to run the Star Wars marathons, and I was like, "Well, I'll just come with you." So this motherfucker's getting up at three in the morning to run a half marathon, and I'm just sleeping in. And then we would go to the park in the afternoon and take it easy. So we didn't even like do a whole lot, but like I'm exhausted. So it was not. It was a miscalculation on my part for sure. Yeah. Well, well I'm glad we were able to get you for this episode. Dude, yeah, then my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. No, I got to tell you, like it's been. Oh, obviously, you you guys are out there grinding very hard. But this past month for me, between the show and then the filming and everything. Thing and a lot. fulfilling Kickstarter rewards yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I've really been looking forward <laughs> to just doing Sitting this because I'm like, oh, just like sit down for an hour and talk. It'll be really relaxing. No, it is, it's been. enjoyable. I, that's why I like doing it too. It's so. like thera- it really is therapeutic. Yeah, no, it, I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said. I mean, it's nice to talk to your friends, but it's fun to have like some overall theme to it too, you know. So I look forward to it. Yeah, no, this is really the only time I talk to you guys. So. <laughs> Dude, anytime. We'll come back. You don't even need to record us. We'll just come back and yeah, shoot Yeah, we'll just talk. Yeah. I know. I, I always say it. If I had more time, I would want us to do like an ongoing Power Rangers thing. I would love that. There's new pops coming out. I don't know if you oh, saw they, Goldar. And, Wait, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, there's a whole wave coming out. Oh, my. I did not know about yeah. this. Did they didn't you, show them yet. but I tell you guys I rewatched the movie recently. Oh, yeah? It's what, the, awesome. The new, the new one? one? It's awesome. It still holds up. I'm so I haven't happy. seen it since we did this show. Good. Oh, they're not making another one. Yeah, I know. It's a real bar. in the water. Unfortunately. Read Shattered Grid. It's fucking awesome. I've Sorry, I'm going to curse. Yeah. Well, yeah demonetized. Yeah. <laughs> Bleep yeah. that out. No, that's. I don't think that's our first uh, expletive in this. It's It's all right. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's... Yeah, the Power Rangers thing is something I would want to do more. That was probably the most self-indulgent pair of episodes that we, I did last <laughs> hey, season. Hey, you know what? You have to uh, indulge every now and again, right? Yeah. I mean, at some point, I will I'll do Smallville... Okay. Episode. I'm, I would like to be there for that. Yeah? I have some hot takes. All right. I feel like I wasted a lot of time on that show. It's, I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. 
it's inevitable. It's like at, at some point I will podcast about it in some form, whether it's an episode or a mini series or something. I don't know, but I got to do something about it. Maybe when an anniversary comes along, you could do you could do one episode a season, do just like a ten episode podcast series or something. Could do something like that. I mean, there's definitely a fan base out there for it. I mean, you know, that's probably easy to do a whole show. It's the precursor to the fact that we have like two hours of superhero shows on every night of the week. That's right. It was the first one. Yeah. The show left quite a legacy. And Alice and Mac. (laughs) (laughs) A real legacy. Oh, boy. But I don't know. What else didn't we talk about with respect to C2E2 that we should? What else did you guys want to share? What stood Mm. out to you? I don't know. I mean, I want to hear from you guys. Like, I have a lot of things that I I could say, but it's like, I don't know. It feels so, like you said, it feels self-indulgent. No, like, but, but that's that's the, yeah. I mean, if I was a listener, that's the stuff that you want to be listening for. You know what I mean? I had a lot of, um, a lot of happy crying happening. I, I'm not ashamed to admit. Um, like, we we did, um, I'll, tell two, I'll tell two very brief stories if, if, you'll, if you'll indulge Go for me. It. Um, we did a thing for... Um, it's actually a cue from from Disney um, for fans uh, called Golden Tickets, and it was just kind of like a thing. Like I had would have a bunch in my pocket, and like if someone was having a really bad day or someone was just being really cool, we could go up to them and give them this golden ticket. And what it would do would be like you could jump the line in a panel, or you could jump the line in an autographing, and like I would hand it to you, and I would write what your panel is, and like I would sign my name, and then that person could just like take it with them, and then the, the staff member at whatever section of the show would know what to oh. do. And it was just a way to reward fans, but also like, you know, if someone's like, we, if we screwed something up for someone, like this is a make good we could do. Um, and uh, I had a really good night on Saturday. Like I said, we really hit our stride, and I came out to outside the bar, um, and I, I overheard a conversation of a, of a young gentleman and he was sitting down with a group of people he'd never met. He was introducing himself and he was like, this is my first ever convention. I've never been to one of these. I'm here to see Critical Role. If you guys don't know, Critical Role is like a podcast where they play voice actors, play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a huge thing. Their fans are insane and mm. they come out in force. So this dude was like meeting new people and, and you could tell he was like putting himself out there. He wanted to be friendly and like wanted to get the most out of a C2E2 and he's like I'm here for critical role I'm such a big fan I drove here for this like I really just want to see them so like like I said before I'm looking very official I have my zip up windbreaker I've got my (laughs) earpiece in I look like a secret service person and I walk over and I just tap him on the shoulder and I say uh, uh, come here for a second and he he gets up from this group of people trouble yeah (laughs) but he gets out of the show (laughs) he gets up from these group of people that he just met and like they're like Oh no, what did he do? <laughs> we just met this guy. Is he like a murderer or something? And I was like, I over I like I hope you don't mind. I overheard you. You're here for critical role. Like, I'm Chris, I'm with C2E2. Um, I want to give you something. And I go in my pocket and I get out a ticket and I said, How many people are you with? And he's like, Oh, you know, I'm here with six people. Like, and I wrote it down on the card and I was like, You go give this to the guy at the main stage panel tomorrow. They're gonna put you right in the front for the critical role panel. And like his face just melted. Like he 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 was like, I, I can't believe this happened. Like, I'm so excited. Like, thank you so much. Like, I'm, and I was like, this is your first C2E2? And he's like, yeah. I was like, come back next year. And he said, I definitely will. And like, that just made my day. No, oh, that's like, awesome. It was so that's, cool. And like, just, I love like, I could do like something that. that small for someone. Like, it just it made me so happy that he was happy. And it's cool to see that at like a mega show, you know, like, you know, even at the small show, everyone gets so jaded and they're like, sure. I don't, no one gives a shit about anybody. And I hate that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's cool to see. 
That's, That's really, really nice. sweet. You could have messed with him though when he was like yeah, six people. Yeah. You should have been like, "Well, pick your favorite." I'm yeah. sorry. To, I'm sorry to let you know that uh, the critical role panel's been canceled. Yeah. yeah, you should be like six. That's too many. Yeah. <laughs> and then what was the other thing? Oh, well, that almost on a larger scale. Um, this this almost works better if you know the building. But um, if you go up to where the panel hall is, like right past where your panel room is, where the main stage is, and um, it lets out into a gigantic lobby and then you kind of like have to walk all the way back down the hallway. And we went out, we went out in August of 2017 and I hadn't been in the building for like a year at that point. Um, and we're, we're touring the building and we're thinking about what we're going to do this year. And I'm like, you know, uh, I think I mentioned before that we do a big cosplay competition. It's like the premier event of, of C2E2 with, you know, people from all over the world. I'm like, you know, we could do like a really killer after party in this lobby so that when the you know 1500 people that are in the main stage come out after the competition like we can just keep them here they don't have to just go home like they leave the theater and they're in a in a party um so like from word one like i planned this whole after party so that like people would go in and they'd come back out and it would be transformed as much as we could like there would be photo ops there would be a dj there there would be bar carts and tables um and uh and it it works like they'd never done this before and it was such a hit so like people come out and like as soon as the doors open from the competition the the party starts and like the dj hits play basically and um i think we all thought it was going to be decent but like it was a huge success and i was standing one floor up um with my own drink just kind of like standing at taking the edge in. taking it in yeah. and like all these people were having so much fun and there was this guy on the dance floor dancing with the like the, one of those big fx lightsabers <laughs> and he's swinging it around on the on the dance floor and like it was just such a cool moment like those people are going to remember that night for the rest of their lives yeah like they're not going to know that i did it but i did it and, oh, and they're, awesome. they're not going to but they're just going to remember the fun they had and like that's so cool and i i had never experienced anything like that and stuff like that it makes this place that i works and putting these things together like the most fulfilling thing on the planet and it's awesome and it was just so cool to see and like i i just can't wait to do it again well oh, maybe maybe awesome. again because that, for that first <laughs> yeah. day was a little dicey but <laughs> no but i bet you next year it won't be as bad You'll yeah. get used to it, and you'll have a lot of like. There's always going to be something, right? Yeah, that's but, what everyone said. They were like, yeah, "This happens every <clears throat> there's year." There's always going to be something, but like every year, you learn one less thing that you have to mm -hmm. not know about, right? So you'll be fine. Well, congrats on your first Thanks, C2E2. Man. Uh, I look forward to future Read Pop productions. Oh, dude, you better submit a panel again next year. All right, I'll go for it. Yeah, I go back to Chicago, try uh, some more deep dish pizza. Or go to the, some of those hot dog hot places. Hot dogs, oh man, they're so good. Yeah, you're really big on those hot dogs. They're so good. And and you know, you just keep, it's really just hard to find them in New yeah. York, you know? Like That's a Chicago the thing with Chicago hot dog. pizza. You're not finding the pizza here, and you're not really finding the hot dogs here, you know? So it is really like, you got to get them while you're, while you're there. Before I let you guys go, Chris, you you know, I I've, again, I follow you. I know there's always always some mishap that you seem, <laughs> to, sure. uh, <laughs> you seem to encounter. <laughs> what, how how was uh, the Chicago trip for you? Anything anything go awry? No, no. Last sailing? year, last year I got like the worst food poisoning ever and had to drive 17 hours home. I remember so that. It's all up uh, downhill from there, you know. Um, but this was pretty uneventful other than us, you know, we were gone for like two weeks because we, like I said, we went to D.C. and then basically straight, straight to Chicago, straight back. Um I would have liked to have had a day there, you know, to unwind. But no, yeah, it was it was 
it was pretty uneventful, I got to say, you know, as far as these things go. Well, that's we can get into this more when we talk more yeah. about your travels. But uh, just real quick, recently I saw like a wind blew over one of your racks. Oh, yeah, that happened this that? weekend. It was just really windy, and we put the rack, and pop- I literally pops. turned away for like one second. And these are like eight feet tall, you know. And I just, in slow motion, I just watched it do this, and every pop just falls out, and then the rack falls on them. I'm like, oh, my God. And they're not light, you know. So um, then, like, uh, <laughs> these Ghostbusters came running over because they were there for the local Ghostbusters group. Like, So they come running over, they're like, and they're helping us put the stuff back on. But it took, like, an hour to get everything off the floor Jeez. and onto the rack. And, of course, the only things that got damaged were the $60 ones and none of the cheap ones. Yeah, not, none of the $8 no. ones. Are, but, you where know, was this? It was in Hudson Valley Comic Con. Was it, Were you outside or were you inside? Yeah, we were oh, outside okay. unloading. Yeah, that's why. But it was just, like, insane winds. So, yeah, you know, but... That's the first time that's ever happened, so that's nice. All right. Never had a rack fall on anybody. Well, yeah. Well, this is an interesting <laughs> world. We'll, we'll continue exploring it over the rest of the season. Uh, I want to thank you both so much for being no, here. This was really you. a blast. Anytime, I love man. it. So, and again, Chris, of course, thank you for, for being a sponsor. Delando, thank you for you know the opportunity to be a panel. Friend. Yeah. Thank you for bringing cool content to the show. Uh, yeah. Well, it's uh, again, it was really fun to do. And, you know, as you guys know, I always like exploring the retail side. And it seems like people are into it, so that's cool. It's a weird world. It is a weird world, and like it's just, it's just interesting, and it's something that doesn't get talked about enough, and that's part of the reason why I wanted it there. Yeah. We're a very comic focused show. C two two is very is much yeah. more comic-y than than some of the other shows. Yeah, well, it's a great show. I mean, for anyone listening to this who who hasn't gone and like they might be on the fence about going, hopefully this uh, this convince them so. to go. It'd be great because uh, it really is. A, it, it's a terrific show, and if you have the opportunity to go and make the trip, uh, really do. Recommend yeah, seriously. It. Like again, I it, it is my favorite show, and it's a great city, and you don't have to deal with like the headache of like refreshing, hoping you're going to get tickets, and it's still an awesome. You know, it's just all the headaches are gone, and you have a fun show. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, thank you both. Thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel.